You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Good morning, everyone. You're very welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar. We have Parik O'Connor. Parik's part of the Dairy KT team. Parik is going to talk about efficient milking and practices around that, maybe to improve efficiency at farm level. And Parik has um, extensive expertise, I'll say, Parik, in this area. Um, and has had a lot of conversations, workshops, so on and so forth with farmers down through the years. So, Parik, I suppose, firstly, I suppose, in terms of maybe why are we having this conversation, efficiency around milk and time, um, the importance of it at farm level, why is that important? Yeah, look, at, I suppose, first of all, it takes up a lot of time. You know, it takes up, I suppose, if you if we look at labor studies over the years, it has taken up about it's taken up about maybe a third of the of the dairy farmers working day. You know, so uh, it's 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 very time consuming. And I suppose anything that will help to reduce that, you know, is going to be a benefit. It's going to be a plus. So I suppose, look, at the key point really is that we're producing a food. And it has to be produced at the highest quality. We, we are expecting consumers to consume the food. You know what I mean? So. The quality of the product is 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 key. The second one is that look at it needs to be a pleasant experience for for both the milker and for the cows. And if it is, it's 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 going to be enjoyable. And I suppose the last part is that you know we need to be as efficient as we can in the parlor without actually cutting corners. And sometimes people maybe get confused between you know being efficient and 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 being as fast as you can. We, we are talking about being efficient without actually cutting corners. And incorporating, you know, good quality milk actually producing good quality milk is the key. Is the key is the key component here, really, James. Mm. I think I think that's an important point. Ultimately, in terms of you're trying to speed up the process, um, Parik, and we'll talk about some of, some of those maybe options. But ultimately, as you say, in terms of the process is 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 still to the highest of standards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk to me. I was looking at a little bit of work there by Martina Gormley. Um, Lately, in terms of milking times and nationally, we're still, um, it's probably the one thing that dictates uh, the end of day finishing time. And, and just looking at some of the stats, they're, they're still fairly alarming. The conversations you're having with farmers, when should milking time start, I suppose, is the, and it's probably that, okay, morning milking, but it's really that afternoon milking time, probably. Yeah. And looking, as you say, James, you know, when milking is finished in the evening time, that really dictates the the, work, the end of the working day, isn't it? You know, I, yeah, I suppose in the last couple of years, I have seen a bit of a swing back, especially some of the younger, the, the younger generation of farmers coming in, that they're actually starting to, you know, to milk, to milk earlier. And I suppose that's coming from pressures as well from, from a family situation. You know, uh, realistically, you know, these are family people. Uh, they have young kids. So, so their partner, you know, uh, uh, is expecting, you know, them to, to be in at a reasonable hour, you know. So there is a bit of a sea change there um, in terms of, you know, the time of evening milking, you know, so as the day is shorter. Because ultimately, you know, in a lot of situations, the end of the milking in the evening time is the end of the, is the, end of the working day for, sorry, is the, is, is the end of the working day for the farmer, apart from maybe calving time or breeding time when you have to, Maybe when you have to uh, uh, do a little bit more, maybe uh, uh, in terms of that, you know. Yeah. And come here, should that really is uh, from a labour's perspective that that's a that's a mentality thing as such from, from an it animal is. performance point of view. 
uh, all the analysis point that there's no issue. I'm there's no issue. Absolutely no issue. You know, the the, the, the the milking interval, you know, 12, 12, as opposed to, you know, a shorter one. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing in it really, James, to be quite honest with you. You know what I mean? So the excuse that some farmers have, maybe some of the older generation, maybe, you know, uh, mm. is that, you know, it's going to affect uh, milk solid yield or, or, or milk volume yield. It's not the case from from our research and done in, down in Moor Park anyhow, you know. So uh, that that does that doesn't stand really, you know. So yeah. So that kind of seven in the morning, three half three in the afternoon. Yeah, in the, uh, is, in the is, afternoon, is, yeah. is quite adequate. Absolutely. Very, yeah. Yeah. very good. So take me through, I suppose. Um, the cows are in the paddock as such. We, we're yeah. going to step through maybe the milking process. Um, Talk to me about the cows maybe coming from the paddock to the collecting yard. What have you seen? Um, what makes for efficiency around <clears throat> that area? Yeah, yeah. So, so I would say the milking process, James, starts from the time the cows are collected from, from, the, from the paddock or the shed, but mainly the paddock, you know, in through the, uh, the, the, um, the, the roadways and into the parlour and out again. So I suppose, you know, all those building blocks, you know, need to be looked at. You know, so I would say the, at the farm roadway first, and we're not going to spend long on this, but it's just, you know, it. it so farmers might say to me, maybe in, in the month of October, for example, it's nearly taking longer for them to get the cows from the paddock into mm-hmm. the milking parlour as opposed to the milking itself. So that would indicate to me that, you know, the roadways are poor, you know. So I suppose that's why we're, we're just going to focus on it for a couple of minutes. You know, the roadway, the width of the roadway, first of all, it needs to be, I would say, minimum five meters, you know, for 100 cows. And, you know, for, for um, every 100 cows after that, it's one meter uh, uh, greater in width. You know what I mean? So the width of the roadway is important. And it's also important that the width, that the full width of the roadway is actually utilized. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you might see a little pat up the center of, uh, of, of the roadway. Now, that's an indication to me that, you know, cows are trying to suss out the surface part of it, you know, so there's probably an issue with the, with the surface of the roadway. So the width of the roadway, the, 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 the surface that's, that's on the roadway and the camber as well. Now, I saw I was I was on a farm there recently and it, there was a lovely roadway put in, but the camber was too steep. Mm-hmm. And like if you if you envisage yourself walking along the side of a hill, you'll actually try to go to the top or to the bottom where it's level. Because it's uncomfortable, and it's also un- uncomfortable for the cow as well, James. You know, if she's walking on a on a, on a new, on an uneven surface, actually, she won't like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so the camber is, is really important. So there, there are three aspects of it, and I suppose the last part in the roadway is that, you know, and again, I saw this a, a new roadway put up recently, and the fence was right up to the road. So, so, so you know, the cows weren't actually able to utilize the full width of the roadway. You know, so that mm-hmm. fence at the side of the road needs to be half a meter outside the end of the road itself, if you get me, you know what I mean? So as the animal can actually, you know, the cow's belly can, you know, they can use the full, utilize the full width of the roadway as well. And often I've seen on farms, Parik, you'd see maybe roadway structures quite good as you, as, as you work your way through the farm and then to come into this, these bottleneck points coming into yeah. yards, just maybe talk to me about, you know, entering that collecting yard um, and the importance of, of, of space uh, with regard to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you're 100%, James, you know, like the roadway is perfect, but then where they enter from the roadway into the collecting yard, maybe there's a gate half the width of what the roadway is. 
you know, so you're actually restricting. It's a pinch point that you're restricting the cows from getting in there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, so again, it's important that, you know, that the entrance into the collecting yard is the full width of what the roadway is. So there's no pinch point there. I suppose the other thing in relation to the roadways is that if you have bends and you will have bends in the roadway, but just, you know, keep them to a, to a minimum. It's just to make sure that, you know, they're, 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 they're it's not a right angle instead of a sort of a broad turn as well. So sometimes I say to farmers, if you have time, if there's some, if you have a relief milker in, you know, just look at the cows coming from the paddock into the parlor and see if there are any parts where the cows stop. See if there are any pinch points. Because if the cows stop, there's an issue with that part of the roadway and it just needs to be addressed. And sometimes, you know, it's maybe it's it's not a big issue. Do you know what it I mean? Be, it could be as simple as as, as a surface issue. It needs maybe exactly. resurfacing or Absolutely. something like that. Absolutely, exactly, exactly. You know, so that's yeah. They're just a couple of key points around the roadway part of it, uh, James. And we move on then, I suppose, in terms of right, the importance of the roadways, making sure that we have good width coming into the collecting yard, as little turns as possible. Um, talk to me then about cow flow, and we, what we might do is maybe walk the cows up through as such and we'll come back to the milking process then yeah yeah but talk yeah. to me about cow flow in terms of you know how can you aid cow flow in the whole process because uh, yeah well, ultimately yeah. that's the one that maybe really will will speed up that milking process then oh absolutely i i think and i would say to farmers i think if you can actually if you can if you can improve cow flow or if you can get cow flow correct that will make the milking much much easier do you know what i mean uh, we're expecting you know, a five or 600 kg animal to get from the paddock to the roadway, into the paddock, through the parlour and back out again. So really, we want to make that as easy as possible. So there's no obstructions. There's nothing, you know, that, 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 that's going to uh, inhibit that animal from, from actually going through that process. So like what we mean by cow flow is the cows flowing from the paddock through the roadway, into the collecting yard and, and through the parlour itself. And again, maybe one of the key areas there is, you know, collecting yards. Maybe the parlour was extended, but the collecting yard is still the same. Do you know what I mean? And there isn't enough room there. And if you have cows crushed uh, or, or squeezed into a collecting yard, you know, it's going to have an impact in, on, on maybe, you know, they'll be more stressed. Maybe the cell count is going to be elevated as a result. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose trying to look at it from a cow's point of view, the chin. I suppose yeah, uh, one of our colleagues, Pat, Patrick Going, would always say, what do cows need? The cows, cows need plenty of space and straight lines as much as possible. You know, and if you think of that in relation to when you're setting up, when you're setting up the whole system, you won't go too far wrong, actually, James. Do you know what I mean? It's probably something. What, what, what's the requirement in terms of collecting yard space? And, and our farmer viewers is probably something that isn't taught about a lot, but it'll be yeah. worth stepping out this evening and seeing what actual yeah. space, uh, what is the adequate numbers for your, for your collecting yard space? Yeah, it's a good, 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 good point, James. It's 1.5 metres squared per cow, uh, you know, in the, in the collecting yard. And look, if you have a bigger type of animal, that needs to be a little bit more. And I suppose with the crossbred, maybe a little bit less, but you're not talking average, maybe 1.5 square metres per cow. The other point I didn't actually mention is in relation to maybe cow flow, James, is mm. that if you have, if you, if animals are coming along the roadway or if animals are actually in the collecting yard, and if their heads are up, it means they're being rushed or it means that they're being squeezed too tightly. So that's a, a, maybe a good little tip for farmers. You know, if maybe you have a relief, a relief milker, and I'm not blaming relief milkers now, but if you have, or if whoever is driving the cows mm-hmm. and their heads are up, it means they're being pushed, you know what I mean? And you, you will actually have more lameness as a result as well. 
as the cow is being stressed. Do you know what I mean? So again, collecting yard size is really, really important. Do you know what I mean? And again, you know, look at Rome wasn't built in a day. I appreciate that, you know, farmers might put in the units first and then maybe follow up with the, you know, with the collecting yard, maybe extending extending the collecting yard as well, James. Very good. And then I suppose, look, at as we move up through the parlour, um, maybe cows enter and cows exit and talk to me about that. Have you come across yeah. any tips or tricks in that area? Yeah, I suppose uh, back in the day, and I suppose, unfortunately, I, I, I remember this, but, you know, you had with all the parlours, maybe you had instead of the meal bin, you know, a, a steel meal bin, you had maybe the meal was con- uh, 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 was in a loft over the milking parlour. And like the milking parlours were dungeons that were really, really dark. And if you're expecting cows to walk from a bright collecting yard into a dark parlour, they, they don't want to do it, James. You know what I mean? Mm. So, look, I would say, and, and it's, not, it's not that common now, I'd say most parlours are, you know, fairly okay with, in that respect, but have the light as much as possible the same where, was it, where, where the collecting yard is, is, you know, when they're going into the, into the milking parlour as well. So light is a big one there. You know, so, and, and it's nice and open and bright and airy. That's really the big one on the entry. Do you know what I mean? And again, making sure that, you know, they, it, they're kind of funneled into the, into the back of the parlour as well. So there's no, you know, uh, sharp objects or whatever like that that cows won't actually get. Sometimes now I'm talking about, um, about very basic stuff, but sometimes they're missed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and look, at, for our viewers in terms of if you're having to get out, Porrick and, yeah. and bring in several rows of cows, ultimately yeah, yeah. there's something there, wrong. There's something wrong. Row. And it, yeah. it's, it's adding time to the whole um to yes. the whole process. Yeah, absolutely. The the exit then. Um... Yeah. yeah. Again, you know, it's having it's having sufficient room for a full row of cows from the exit gate, maybe to the drafter if you have a drafter. Do you know what I mean? So you're not actually restricting the cows coming in to the parlour. You know, the next row coming in. Do you know what I mean? So so you know, sufficient space and sufficient room at the front of the parlour and maybe where they're going out outside of the shed. Uh, is 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 really really important. I'll give you just a quick one there, James. I was in a parlour there about two years ago, and I was watching the milking. And I think I suppose the other thing is that you know you could ask a farmer what they do with milking time, and they say yeah, A, B, and C. And they'll give you all the right answers, <laughs> which I would myself, you know. But it's not when until you're actually there to watch the milking, you'll actually pick up an awful lot of stuff. Anyway, I was I was I was in this milking parlour one day at the milking. And when the cows were going out, the meal bin was actually at the very front of the parlour. But there was a little bit of meal, you know. You know the way sometimes it kind of leaks out from the bin? Mm. And every second the third cow was actually stopping to lick the meal. So that was having a big effect on the cows going, you know, uh, moving out of the parlour. And all, all, all that, that the farmer actually did after, ha- after having a discussion was to put a little bit of, a, a little bit of a, that stock, stock boarding stock up, you know. And like... Sometimes it, it doesn't cost a fortune, you know, to, to maybe to rectify just that, that the whole cow floating as well, James, you know, so, yeah. Very good. Um, I see one with we, WeChat before this, and ultimately another one there, open and exit gate early. Talk to me there. Uh, you're talking to about very experienced people here now that has been doing <laughs> yeah. this for years, huh? Oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Look, I suppose, first of all, like I'd, I'd always be starting to milk from the front of the parlour back. Do you know what I mean? So, so, and it's from that respect, I'm talking about opening the eggs to get early, James. So when you're back, let's say you're milking in a, in a 16 unit parlour and you, you're, you've started from the front of the parlour and your springs, your tea springs, you're going back along as well. So that's important that you have that done. You know, so when you're at the back of the parlour, 
you can actually open the exit, when you're at the back, maybe transferring the last uh, two or three units. So as the cows that are finished milking that you're taking the clusters off of can actually filter out uh, themselves. Do you know what I mean? So in actual fact, what you're doing is, you know, the cows are filtering out by themselves, which they are more relaxed. You're actually, you know, maybe you're working at the back of the parlor doing, doing the milking. So there's two jobs going on at the same time. Do you know what I mean? So you're not kind of rushing the cows out, if that makes sense, James. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So, so that, and, and, and in actual fact, I would say to farmers, you could say maybe if by that, by that, you know, little tweaking alone, you could actually save maybe two minutes per row. If you have eight rows, that's 15 or 16 minutes by making just a small little change there. Do you know what I mean? So the, the changes that I'm talking about sometimes, they're not drastic changes, James. Do you know what I mean? They're, no, but they're, but they're twice a day. I'm not saying everyone on the uh, on, on, on the yeah. call is milking twice a day every day, but ultimately yeah. there a lot of people are probably going to be doing maybe eight or ten milkings a week at a minimum. You know, they do add up in yeah. terms of the whole uh, absolutely time spent yeah. around the process. Yeah, right, we, we, we've got the cows from the paddock to the collecting yard, up through the parlour and out. The bit we've missed out on as such, and I wanted to leave it to last, is, that, is, is the actual milking time. Talk to me maybe about prep and preparation. Um, yeah. From, yeah I suppose, from from a farmer and a cow perspective yeah, maybe, yeah, I, yeah I suppose there's, there's two aspects here one is you know the, the farmer the milker you know preparing themselves and I suppose the other one is preparing the cows so so I suppose we'll start off with the milker first look at I would always say James that the 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 milker is a conduit between uh, the milking machine and the cow and they can either be very good or very bad in terms of maybe transferring bacteria or infection from one cow to the other. You know what I mean? So look, at it's a given for me that, you know, that, that uh, you, have a, you, have, you have a clean parlor apron or parlor suit, whatever you wear. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. You know, that's clean and kept clean during the milking. And I suppose the other thing is that you're wearing these nitrile disposable gloves. And research has shown now that, you know, that if you wear these nitrile disposable and, and I suppose gloves that fit you as well. Sometimes, you know, farmers say to me, oh, look, at, I, I started off and I, I, I you know, I, I couldn't get used to them. Now, in, in fairness, most farmers are, are wearing gloves at the moment. So we, I think we've won that battle, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I suppose the reason is that if dirt gets on the glove, you know, you can wash it off very uh, uh, quickly and it'll be washed off completely. Whereas your hand, there's crevices in your hand and it's hard to, you know what I mean? So that's, that's, the, that's the glove one. So you're making sure that the, you know, you, do, you, you, you keep yourself clean and you have a clean pal away for a pal suit and nitrile disposable gloves and you keep, they're not self-disinfecting. You have to keep them clean. If, if you have a cow with mastitis, you, you know, you wash and you spray your hand before you move on to the next cow. Just that's common sense, James. Little point having gloves and, and maybe not disinfecting them as, as, exactly. you, as you work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know. and then the cow side of things. The cow side, at, yeah, the cow side of it. Look, at basically, clusters have to go on to clean dry teats. I mean, that's, 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 that's a given. Now, look, at, uh, uh, legally, we're supposed to be drawing cows before we put on the cluster. Uh, I, I'm living in the real world. It's not happening in a lot of places. But I suppose as a compromise, what people are doing there is, um, you know, in the springtime when the bacterial uh, 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 challenge is greater, you know, they're actually, you know, doing a lot of the stuff. They're, you know, they're stripping the cows. They're prepping the cows a bit more because of the fact, you know what I mean? And then when they get out onto the, maybe onto, onto, onto this time of the year, well, you know, if the weather was a little bit better, you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, so it, it's just to be, look at, um, um, you, you know, I suppose the other, the other, the, the other thing is that I would say to farmers, uh, you know, they say, I don't, I don't have time to strip cows. And I would say during the summertime, maybe when you're in peak milk production, 
would you ever be waiting for the closest to come off? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But like I would say, well, you, ha- you, you have time. In smaller parlors, you would have time to strip the cows. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, that's the ideal, you know, if you can. But look, at I, I, I'm a realist as well. In some of the bigger parlors, it is more difficult. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Talk to me about a play in water. Yeah, look at I, 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 yeah, I yeah, this yeah. is an issue, uh, and it's probably something that yeah, yeah. These things, I, if people have been doing it, they're inclined to stay doing it. But just uh, talk to me about that. Or, absolutely, I would say, I would say, James. Bottom line of that is keep water to a minimum. You don't need to wash the cow unless she's it's wet dirt. To be quite honest with you, you know what I mean. So keep 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 water to. And I'm also talking about like if a cow dungs in the parlor, you know, some people are devils. You know, for 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 getting the, the the high volume hose and 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 you know hosing it down, and the stuff goes all over the place. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's full of bacteria. All those little droplets, you know, that you create as a result are full of bacteria. So keep, you know, keep uh, 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 the hose to a minimum. I would say as well, you know, some farmers and I've seen they have these small scrapers with a short handle on them, that, that you know, straight squeegees. You know, they they'll push that in when the row of cows go out instead of actually using water. Do you know what I mean? Little yeah. things like that, you know, uh, yeah. uh, can, can be, can be a, a, a big advantage, you know? So we've, we've cows prepped and applying clusters. And I know um, you do a lot of work in terms of uh, swapping hands and so on and so forth. Yeah. I don't think we can give viewers a live demo today. <laughs> no, we'll, 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 we'll spare them today. And I suppose some people say, oh, Jesus, you know, here he goes again, you know. But look, at, I suppose, you know, the milking routine is more than changing hands as, as we're discussing, James, you know what I mean? But look, at, for younger people starting off, if you, can, if you can use both hands for holding the cluster, look at the average cluster at the moment is about 3 kgs, right? And if yeah. you're milking 100 cows, you're lifting 300 kgs per milking. Do you know what I mean? So if you're milking twice a day, that's 600 kgs. That's over half a ton. As some farmer said to me recently, if that was a machine, I'd be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use the explosive he used. Do you know what I mean? But you know where I'm coming from there. And I suppose what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make it a little bit more comfortable and a little more easier on people that are milking big numbers of cows uh, um, quite, uh, quite frequently. Do you know what I mean? And that's when you're holding the cluster that you're, you're using both hands to hold the cluster. Like, we're not going to go, it's hard to go into detail in this kind yeah, of Yeah, ultimately, but, but we yeah. do see people that have been years milking cows ultimately where the shoulder issues and so on and so forth, yeah. and you're trying your best to, um, to reduce uh, those instances. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I do accept as well, James, that for some people that are milking cows for years, yeah. that it is more difficult. And I accept that co- completely as well. It took me a good while. You know, I was always, you know, using one hand when I was milking uh, back in the day. Do you know what I mean? And it took me a good while. It took me, you know, a month or five weeks to try, you know, to be, to be comfortable with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah absolutely. We, we, we have a question in there from Sean. Which is better, to pre-dip a cow before stripping or to spray your hands before stripping each cow? I suppose uh, it depends on it depends on the type of bacteria that you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose pre-spraying is something that maybe if you have an environmental type of mastitis, uh, you know, that I suppose that that's, that pre-spraying will actually help there. Uh, look at... Both will actually help. Both will help, but it depends on on the on the levels of of SCC that you have, and it depends on maybe the type of bacteria that you have as well. So I would be saying to Sean, look at um, if you can if you can maybe get some culture and sensitivity tests done to see well what type of bacteria is causing the problem. If you have a problem on the farm, do you know what I mean? And maybe work back from there. Then, like if you take it pre-spraying cows, like you know uh, can can be beneficial 
but it's another chore that you have. That you, 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 that's another chore that you have and, and, and to do as well when you're milking. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That maybe leads leads into the next question in terms of high cell count cows. Unfortunately, there's usually some of them in every herd. Um, talk to me. What 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 should listeners be doing with them? Yeah. Well, I suppose ultimately, if they are chronic and if 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 they've been high for a while, there's only one place for them and up in the hook. Do you know what I mean? Away. Out of the farm, you know is, what that, is, is that not the last thing farmers like uh, uh, want to do with these cows, Warwick? Well, actually, that's a good point. The problem with those cows, James, is that they are costing the farmer a fortune. Mm. They are costing the farmer a fortune in that, you know, the amount the amount of, of of revenue lost as a result of loss of production or maybe infecting other cows. You know, that's the issue with those cows. Do you know what I mean? And and ultimately, yes. And I was, I was, I was, I was that victim myself. That you'd have cow on, oh, she's a high bi, she's she calves once a year, every year. She's you know like she's fit, she's ticking all the boxes. But I would say, look at if you have high cell count cows, you need to deal with them in terms of you know uh, uh, not letting those cows infect other cows. Okay, mm-hmm. so ultimately, if you have a cow that was high last year, she yeah. went through a dry cow period and she went through her dry cow antibiotics, and she's high again this year. She certainly shouldn't be in the herd. Yeah. Okay, that's the first point. The second point, James, is that if you're if those cows, if you have four or five cows that are millionaires and they're coming through the herd, uh, well, I suppose the first thing is if you can actually milk those cows last. That's the that's the ideal. Yeah, I'm also conscious of the fact that it's not maybe practical for some farmers to do that. And if that's the case and they're coming through the herd, those closest needs to be dipped with uh, water and paracetic acid before you put them or put it onto the next cow. The third point that I'll make on that, James, is that what some farmers are doing, some of the some of the farmers that have good systems in terms of maybe a good drafting, the cows are coming in. They don't milk the cows when they come in, you know, uh, mm-hmm. first. They'll actually put them to the drafter, put them around again, and let them come back again. Now, you're talking about, okay, that those cows are coming in twice. But look at, you know, it's it's a big saving in terms of breaking that cross-infection from the infected cow to the uninfected cow, James. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. During that whole milking process. Uh, another one, too, about those high cell count cows, Parik, is ultimately the chronic ones. Um, now is the time ultimately to be taking those out of the herd. Yeah. Often we hear farmers, oh, yeah, well, sure, she has to go. She's high cell count. Yeah. And yeah. next October type of thing or, or November. Which she has, she has a, an awful lot of damage done, James. You know, a pile of harm done. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of post-teeth disinfection um, yeah. I think are we, we're bound to be at a stage where, where, where that's commonplace and, and it's best practice but just yeah, talk to me about that in terms of technique in terms of yeah. volumes that sort of stuff yeah yeah very good point James and if you if, if you look at one of the you know one of the key areas that Animal Health Ireland have for example is you know proper post-teeth infection post-teeth disinfection and I suppose two areas here one is you know pu- putting on the proper amount so we're talking about you know, putting on 15 mils per cow per milking and covering the whole battle of the teeth, you know. And I was, I, it's, it's, it's a practice I do with farmers now. Just, I'll get the farmer, maybe to, I, have, I use these dummy others, and I'll actually get the farmer to spray the, as they'd normally spray a cow. And you do what is called the towel test. And you'd put just a piece of, uh, you know, that paper towel for, for drying teats, uh, put it around the teeth after, after the farmer has actually sprayed the cow. And, you know, you'll take it off to see what, and you see a lot of blanks in it, you know. So in other words, that, you know, the coverage isn't great. So I will say 
you know, first of all, you know, ascertain, are you putting on the amount by looking, you know, by doing a calculation of, you know, okay, uh, a drum of T-tip is last to me, whatever. I have so many cows and, you know, you can make that, you do that calculation fairly, fairly easily. I suppose the other thing is that, you know, spraying those cows when they're in situ as opposed to spraying them when they're walking out of the parlor. Do you know what I mean? If cows are walking out of the parlor and you're spraying them, for me, you know, that you're not actually, you're not doing the job properly. And I suppose just to remember, why, why it's, it's so important from a mastitis point of view and from a, a, a cell count point of view, you know, to, to post uh, T-tips disinfect properly. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, you know, you're doing it anyway. It's just, you know, maybe, you know, do it a little more. And I'm not saying all farmers now just look at this. Some farmers out there doing fantastic jobs. But in some cases now I've seen, you know, it's a kind of a, 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 a bit of a leak of, of, of post t is, is there something around a figure of eight or something in terms of... Um, technique just to make sure that you get good coverage Parik, or ultimately that you're getting good coverage in terms of using your your teeth sprays yeah i would say you know you need you need to yeah go into figure of eight is right james you know what i mean so you're actually you know you're you're making a better effort to try to instead of just putting it in and bringing it back out again you know so yes the figure of eight is 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 you know it's one of the ways we would have actually teaching students or or or, or or whatever in in terms of trying to get trying to get that T-tip on, you know what I mean? Um, absolutely. I suppose the other one, just in relation to T-tip, and I think it's a given now. I think look at go for the one that's ready ready made. You know, if you if you go for a T-tip, uh, you know that you have to make up. There's too many variables, and maybe you could have, you might have hard water. You know, maybe there might be some issue with the water. You know, just get a just get a T-tip that's ready to, ready to go. Uh, you know, it's much much easier. I think, James. Very good. Um, we're, we're running out of time, but ultimately maybe one last point in terms of any tips around washing up or... Yeah, and, and, and it's, it, that's a good point, James. Some farmers will say to me, God, I put in a new milking parlor and it take, it's taking me an age to wash up. You know what I mean? And I, I actually do agree with them. You know, so maybe... And, and actually, these are from farmers that I picked up over the years as well. You know, uh, using maybe these defoliation gloves uh, for washing the clusters... Uh, at the end of milking, you know, they're kind of, uh, the, the women use them for taking the makeup off, <laughs> you know, so, so it, they're kind of rougher. So as you, yes. you know, you'll, you'll actually get them, get the, get the dirt off much, much easier. The yeah. other thing I've seen farmers use actually, James, is just a power hose with the, with the lance turn off it, you know, so you just have to handle, you know, and, 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 and that seems to be, uh, that seems to be quite good as well. And it's just, I suppose, trying to, trying to, and make the, the 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 washing up of the parlor just a little bit a little bit easier. And the last point there was James. Instead of you know having a kind of a, a goalie where, the, where the, the the cow's front feet are, so as the water you know does the, the water goes into that, so as you're not washing the whole cow stand area all down, you know. So so little 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 bits and pieces like that make it easier and and make it quicker, you know, to wash the parlor as well. Very good. I think Parik in terms of. Um... We've had a very comprehensive chat in terms of walking the cow ultimately right through from the paddock, yeah, um, through the collecting yard up through the parlour, and then and then the whole milking process. And I suppose there's lots of tips and tricks, as you say, and a lot of them maybe picked up from farmers down through the years, Porrick, yeah. um, and put along maybe alongside best practice. So, um, just maybe comment on ultimately. I know you do a lot of this, and there's practicals. There's actually a course out there. Just maybe the final comment in terms of you actually have a course covering a lot of this, which is useful to. Farmers yeah. alike, but maybe relief milkers or, or staff Reli- members yeah. or whoever it is. Yeah, relief milkers and farmers. Yeah, we have we have, we have there's four courses coming up, and we we have uh, uh, there's one next week coming up on Ross Gray. 
there's one in Limerick uh, in, in, in the week after and then there's two there's one in Ballyhays in June and, and one in Moorpark in June as well so look at those details can be gotten in the either the our own the Chagas website or, or the FRS website as well, James. You know, so it's a level six course, and it's it's going through you know in more detail what we what we have went through there to the, this morning. You know, so and and we try to have it as practice, practical as we can. So there's 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 real time milking in it as well. You know what I mean? So uh, it's it's just covering all those aspects there. And look at look at a lot a lot of what what I have said this morning farmers probably know but it, but it's maybe it's just refreshing the mind as well to see is there any parts that maybe I can make it a little bit easier or the other part is like if there's somebody coming into milk as well that you have that's some sort of a structure but there's some sort of a routine there as well do you know what I mean in terms of of you know, that this, idea of SOPs yeah, um, it's, Torek, uh, is it? SOPs thanks for reminding me actually James but SOPs they're a big part of if you have somebody coming into milk you know it makes it much easier for the owner because there's there's a step by step there for the person, and you know, and like farmers expect somebody coming into milk that I oh, should look at, yeah, they should pick it up like that, but it, it's yeah. not like that. Do you know what I mean? So, just I suppose make it a little bit easier for the person coming in. You mm. know, like uh, you know, just and all it needs is it needs to be a simple step by step guide as to you know do this, do that, put in the milk filter sock, make sure the pipe is at the bowl tank, all these yeah. kind of things. Just just yeah. and 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 actually. You know, talking to relief milkers, they love that. Do you know what I mean? So they can they can cross check it, especially if they haven't been in there before. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Parik. Um, no problem, say, very comprehensive, and I think there's there's lots in that in terms of it's it's something as you say maybe we take for granted, but it's worth our listeners maybe just take a step back yeah. and yeah. maybe walk through the process and see is there little areas that can. As you say, Parik, it could be five or ten minutes here or there, yeah. but ultimately yeah. that, that adds up over the course of a week, month, and year. Yeah. So, look, at, um, we have Chloe Miller on next week from the Tipperary Calf to Beef demo farm. So, Chloe's going to give us an insight in terms of what's happening there. And what I would say is, as always, um, farm safely, folks. So see you then. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.